listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the cold Edmond, Oklahoma, where we are pretty sure Shay Gilgus Alexander is the best thing to come out of Canada. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, but working in Edmond, Oklahoma, where I saw some thunder snow today. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Thunder snow, the rare thunder snow, the rare double entendre with the thunder, thunder, thunder here, thunder there. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to correct myself though. I, I thought about this opening and I was like, I did it, but then I have to issue an immediate retraction. Second best thing out of Canada, my, my mom, of course, the first best. So, <laughs> and then James well, Cor- and James Corbett too. So James is up there. <laughs> So Shay's top yeah. three. Shay's top three. Top three. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's although those three are wonderful. Uh, the competition after that really drops off. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not a lot of great things in general. Not a great country. Not a lot of great things some... coming out of Canada these days. <laughs> but anyway, mainly just Trudeau, right? Like you know, if America is Biden and then Canada is Trudeau, so that's it's all bad. Yeah, he- you can't really judge a country by its political leaders, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't claim to know much about basketball, even though I did coach YMCA basketball this last one. I don't claim to like keep up with places, people, uh, up and comers in basketball. Uh, so I'm fully coming into it this year, like realizing, like, hey, this guy that I thought was kind of good last year when I watched a couple of Thunder games is really really good yeah he is and really good. did he so did he come out of nowhere i looked i like had a wikipedia and then found out he grew up in toronto but did he play college anywhere or i should probably should have well he he was traded to the thunder for not a lot oh I gosh think. that's yeah jeez yeah. it was a steal presty maybe the best uh general manager in the in the NBA, really. Yeah. So that was a <laughs> that was a good, a good trade right up there with the 
Oh, the <laughs> the Bears getting DJ Moore and this year's number one pick for uh, <laughs> who the Panthers used on to turn into the quarterback that everyone else would have taken second. So yeah, was, yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, no, uh, little basketball guys, uh, Thunder. Uh, it's not supposed to be good. Rebuilding year in. They're really good. So that is what's happening with the Thunder that we are talking about. And I mean, the other day, the you know, the, I, I never really realized the effect the West Coast had on everybody else or the effect that, you know, they kind of got the, the short end of the deal with a lot of sports. But sometimes when it's like directed at them, man, the, the Thunder game two nights ago started at nine o'clock here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know. I'm sure yeah, it was possibly brought. for that reason there were uh, available tickets that went up in an employee employee drawing. I did not win, but uh, maybe Bro, next time. If you wanted to, if you wanted to go, just call me. I'll 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 pay for you. It was eleven. Those tickets were there was tickets for eleven dollars. Well, obviously they're not great tickets. I would have got eleven eleven dollars to go to an NBA game. I mean, right. I, I would have gone if it was free, but right. I was, yeah, I was not going to pay any amount of money to, I, I was basically asleep by nine forty-five. Same, so. same, bro. same. <laughs> I was texting my buddy. I was like, I actually texted somebody. I don't know if we'd be doing a show tonight if I'd gone to. No, I told you that Thunder story. Last exactly. I told you that story where, uh, it was, I think it was two nights ago, but I told you that story where, uh, the dentist is, has these awesome tickets. And uh, so I texted him. I was like, you go to the game tonight? Just out of curiosity. Just like, is this is this dude really going? Just thinking maybe they're up for grabs or who knows. So but he texted me like, no, man, I'm going. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I came out of my daughter's bedroom at like 8.30 after putting her to bed. And I texted him, well, I just fell asleep putting my daughter to bed. So... I think I'm not going to go to the Thunder game. Fell asleep in the chair trying to put her to sleep. It's like, yeah, she gets me every time. Sit, sit in here with me, daddy. Okay, cool. And then it's like, I can't just be in this very calm, still room with you with no lights on. It's just like, <laughs> I'm out. So didn't make it to the Thunder game myself. Anyway, uh, Thunder Snow. Yeah, crazy weather. Uh, there is uh, some. We want. Some, we went from yeah, the, 87 and, degrees yeah. to 27 degrees literally overnight. Yeah. And, and honestly, in like two, three hours, it was it was wild. But it was a drastic change real fast. But yeah, but overnight it went 87 to 27. And then uh, it was cold again today. Got the rain, thunder, snow, some hail. And then tomorrow it's going to be 70. Yeah. So. No, it's... it's uh, but in in this rare occasion, I think the whole country experienced it. I mean, it was yeah, there was it was pushing seventy in cold Chicago, weather going, and then pretty much all the way across the country, and then it just all the way yeah, just came down. So that was uh, that was wild. So yeah, sixty five degree drop, and in just a couple hours, like we're like inside. Kids are running around going in and outside, and then all of a sudden, the kids are staying inside, and then there's just a lot of wind, things blowing around, and 
Then there was the, the smoke from the fires. That was interesting to kind of have that yeah. roll in as well. So now we have on top of everything, like a brown, brownish gray sky and this weird, eerie feeling as the temperature drops. So anyway. Which I meant to investigate a little bit because very similar to the Oregon, um, Oregon fires mm-hmm. a few years ago, they hype up red flag warning and then magically there's like massive fires. Yep. And they did. They hyped up fire warnings and same thing. So, well, since we are on the topic of weather and I'll just jump right back into our, our conversation with the, with the pilot on the, uh, the controversial chemtrails, the resident RN pilot sent me a follow-up to our conversation and he pointed out something that I totally, totally forgot to mention. So, uh, hi, Tim. Thanks for sharing my view on contrails. I appreciate it. Just wanted to clarify a couple of things. One thing is that the main contributor to contrails is the relative humidity at the level of the troposphere. I'm sure I messed that up, but the lowest level of air in the atmosphere. It stops at the tropopause and then transitions to the stratosphere above. The point about cold temperatures is that it is always really, really cold at the tropopause, 35,000 to 50,000 feet, give or take, usually around negative 56 degrees Celsius. So whether it's 120 or minus 20 on the ground, the tropopause is usually negative 56 degrees Celsius, negative 69 degrees Fahrenheit. The height of the tropopause does go up when the temperature is warmer on the ground. Again, the key point is that when it's minus 56 and there's more moisture in the air, the contrails will persist when there's very little moisture in, at that specific altitude because moisture level changes with altitude. You won't see any contrails. This is intentionally used by military aircraft to fly at altitudes that will not cause contrails. So not so stealth with a big cloud behind you. Anyway, he found an article as well, which I can just put in the show notes. Uh, it was, let's see, I found a link that explains it a bit better, although it's the under the banner of climate change. Awesome. Although the argument is that contrails actually warm the earth because of the uh, they reflect the heat back to the ground, just like cloudy nights are always warmer than clear nights. Uh, the diagram above, which can be divided into three sections. If the ambient temperature exceeds the line above relative humidity with respect to water, contrails are not expected to form. In conditions where the ambient temperature falls below relative humidity line of 0%, contrails always should form. When the point lies between these two lines in the possible contrail section of the graph, the formation of contrails depends on the relative humidity at that point, determining whether or not it falls to the left or the right side of the corresponding RHW line. So anyway, this is from sciencedirect.com or yeah, sciencedirect.com. Uh, just a little bit of clarity from when I kind of butchered it last week. Again, I'm not arguing for one way or the other, just reading what a, what a pilot that we know well uh, says he's seeing. I think he's, I think you put it well last week. He's leaning more towards their, uh, he's leaning more towards a higher degree of contrails than chemtrails. You're leaning towards more degree of chemtrails than contrails, but uh, it's interesting to try to learn the difference between both of them. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't pay attention this last week with all of the uh, 
the crazy weather changes to see. I mean, I felt like there was whatever they are, <laughs> chemtrails, contrails, <laughs> every day this week. Is that? Yeah, there were a lot of chemtrails like before it rained. Sure. So, which kind of. So he, another thing he mentioned was chemicals being sprayed as part of cloud seeding. Yeah, he did. Which I think is a very limited hangout, but is starting to get some mainstream normie news play to, cause you know, I mean, we're, people are only so stupid. Like once you tell them like, can you, okay, look at the sky. Does that look normal to you? Right. Then they'll, they'll say yes. And then they'll start paying attention and be like, wait, wait a second. What, what is going on? Why is there a checkerboard? Right. So, so that's the, the official stories. They're going to go with, uh, you know, like the Bill Gates thing, like that's not happening, but it could happen. Is this a crazy idea to stop global warming by spraying stuff in the air? We might have to try it. And as James Gore pointed out, this is, the, they've been saying that for 20 years. Right. 20 years. Like we might have to start doing this as if they're not already doing it. Uh, but I've got a clip. Okay. So if you want to grab that. Get queued up um, here. Sorry. Get my Yeah, so the and I didn't have the, the folder open anyway, but just a uh based out of California, which remember when California was in a drought? But uh and part of that drought was chemtrail related, because you can you can sure. spray stuff to make it not rain, and you can spray stuff to make it rain. So this report is about uh, cloud seeding and then some of the chemicals involved with that. But I I mean, personally, I think that's tip of the iceberg, but this is just uh, mainstream news. If the disaster is flooding and record rainfall hitting Southern California right now doesn't seem natural to you, it's probably because it isn't. We now have information from the government itself that it is performing weather modification, a.k.a. cloud seeding. In something called the Santa Ana Weather Modification Pilot Program, they not only admit to but boast about blasting cancer-linked silver iodide mixed with acetone into the air to cause rain. You may know acetone as nail polish remover. This is what you are inhaling. And as of February 1st, they have been doing this non-stop. For decades, cloud seeding has been called a conspiracy theory, and now the government is openly admitting to doing it, and their website shows exactly the areas they're doing it in. From right over Disneyland to way in Palm Springs and everywhere in between. Six million residents in four counties. And they do it using cloud generators, which burns the silver iodide and releases it directly into the sky. Silver iodide has been linked to numerous health risks, including toxicity, reproductive disorders, developmental defects, and cancer. It attaches to particles such as dust or smoke. And once these contaminated particles are inhaled, they can deposit into the lungs. Ginger Z, the chief meteorologist at ABC, did an entire special on cloud seeding, stating that hundreds of these ground-based cloud seeding machines are being put across 10 states. Mainstream news sources have been reporting on this practice for years, stating that the technology has been around since the 1940s and has become widespread. CNBC said whenever there's a big storm in the American West, pilots are likely flying into the eye of the storm, seeding clouds. JFK talked about controlling the weather. Linda B. Johnson talked about controlling the weather. This Franken skies for yeah, more info on that. But there, you know, it kind of makes you wonder 
they're cloud seeding now when California's had a ton of rain and why they didn't bother doing that uh, over the past 10 years when it was, oh, terrible drought, terrible drought. I think you're muted. Sorry about that. Yeah, it, the uh, cloud seeding is out, and that's the that's what we're going to use, whether it's happening or not, or whether it's chemtrails or not. Cloud seeding is is the new the new thing. I feel like with the internet, it's just harder to hide stuff, so they're just trying to keep it away as long as possible, and then just like casually admit it without making a big deal. Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, let's see, I was trying to find it real fast. Um, so, I'm sure it wasn't on everyone's Twitter, but on mine, Chemtrails was trending the other day. Sure. Um, hey, actually, so I think it was on mine as well. So, was it? Uh, is that you and me <laughs> talking <laughs> yeah. to each other and yeah. looking but, it up? Uh, and- it it was apparently trending for a fair number of people. There were quite a few posts on it. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. I got some good uh, good people to follow out of that thread. Okay, that's good. But uh, uh, oh, from Healthbot, what chemtrails are doing to your brain? Neurosurgeon Russell Blaylock. How long have we been talking about Russell Blaylock and podcast? Uh, I don't even know. A long time. Yeah. He's one of the OG uh, anti-vax doctors. Okay. So, yeah. It's, it, they're spraying the same poison that they're, well... Yeah, variations of the same poison that they're injecting. Um, And it's real tough to avoid getting stuff sprayed on you. Yeah, if it's falling from the sky, I don't know what else you can do. Yeah. Well, you could stay inside and (laughs) and just just absorb the uh, Wi-Fi and 5G radiation all day without getting any sunshine. (laughs) It's not good either. Yeah. Yeah, that that was interesting. Um, oh man, you got some. I've got some some happy things to talk about. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know it's a, so. Uh, what have you done with Andrew, and how can I find him? Yeah. You want to hear a. a Random video clip on dandelions. Yeah, uh, pfft, bro. I woke up this morning thinking, <laughs> you know. And there, there's a uh, you know, quiz question for you hidden in in the end of it too. Right. I think you'll get it. You know what? You know what make my day today? A question for Tim. Question for Tim on dandelions. They can only make money off of sick people, not healthy people. Heart medicine, dandelions, and Roundup. That sounds crazy, right? But you know what? They all fit together like a puzzle. You know why? 
Those little yellow dandelions that grow in your yard that they tell you to hate, they're terrible. They're actually the greatest thing on the earth for your heart. The enzymes and the electrolytes can literally cleanse and strengthen your heart valves and muscles more than anything else. And it's natural and free. The crazy thing is, the same company that owns the heart medicine, that is the highest sold heart medicine in the entire world, that makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year, is the same exact company that owns Roundup. Yeah. All right, so who owns Roundup? That's see. It's too easy, bro. Too easy. It's Bayer. Yeah. Are they really making hundreds of millions a year on aspirin? Is that? I don't know. Is it referring yeah. to aspirin? Yeah, I, I, I think it's referring to aspirin. Yes, but that's it, a, it's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of. I mean, it. I understand what he's saying, where he's coming from. Kind of, kind of mind blowing, but also like aspirin's original goal wasn't heart health. It was pain relief, and then it happened. I think the oh, it thins the blood a little bit, could help you in the event of a heart attack. And then they started telling people, oh, you know, take eighty milligrams if you start to feel chest pain, and you know, it's it's safe to have it in the house. That's what you got to do. So I don't know, but uh, definitely, definitely interesting, definitely of note. Yeah, <clears throat> probably. Well, the first. The first, uh, quote, flu pandemic was exacerbated by aspirin, wasn't it? I'm not sure. people to take aspirin, and that actually had a negative impact. I I picture this time period as a very strange time period where people are brushing their teeth with mercury and drinking cocaine (laughs) cocaine in their Coca-Cola. So I'm not sure what's going on in that time. So... uh, Speaking of vaccines. And, <laughs> and somehow we've gone backwards in the last hundred years. From that. <laughs> from that. We've, yeah. we've got our health care system has gotten worse. It's gotten worse than, brush, than brushing yeah. your teeth with mercury. So um, anyway, uh, not often I bring a, the view clip, a clip from the view to the show. I probably shouldn't. And without uh, risking losing my losing you as my show partner for 12 years but uh i had to bring it when dr phil goes to the view like hey dummies listen up and uh just to watch their heads kind of explode do you think the view has any ratings why is that show still on like is there people what else are they gonna put on i don't know was there people that still agree with these with these women is this really a thing i mean who watches tv in the morning uh these are all these questions are all related yeah for sure that's a good point And the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two years. Who does that? Who takes away the support system for these children? Who takes them away and shuts it down? And by the way, when they shut it down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested. And in fact, sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers with no way to watch, and referrals dropped 50 to 60%. So, there was also a yeah. pandemic yeah, going was, on. They were trying to save they kids' lives. They were trying to save kids' well. lives. Remember, we know a lot of folks who died during this. So it wasn't, people weren't laying uh, around eating bond, but. Sorry, I got to interrupt. Uh, no, you don't. You don't. 
You don't know a lot of people who died. You just made that up right there on the spot. <laughs> a lo- but a then lot of, his response: a lot of school children who died. Yeah, and his response is not school children, which is exactly right. So here we go. I just can't. I just can't stand her. Oof. They were trying to save kids' lives. Remember, we know a lot of folks who died during this. So it wasn't people weren't laying not around eating children. bond. But well, you know what? We're lucky. Maybe we're lucky they didn't because we kept them out of the the. The places that they could be sick because no one wanted to believe we had an issue. Are you saying no school children died of COVID? I'm <laughs> saying it was the safest group. They were the less vulnerable group and they suffered and will suffer more from the mismanagement of COVID than they will from the exposure to COVID. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. It's always odd to see Dr. But I mean, Dr. Phil has always been like stating the most obvious thing loudly in front of people so emphatically emphatically like with a lot of movement of arms and facial expressions some sort of fake love in his in his tone four Uh, is more than two you're kidding that is a fact that is a fact holy moly opinion uh my wife figured that out i mean she she figured this out within weeks she started telling me, she's like, this is bad. She goes, having kids pick up box lunches at schools that are closed for that can't afford to have, you know, meals and, and have to have the meals provided to them from school. She, we used to see the lines near our house. We actually lived near two elementary schools, strangely. And we'd see the lines of, of parents lined up to get food for the, you know, lunches for the kids that were not in school. And my wife pointed out to me, she said, hey, this is a problem. We you are losing the uh the 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 second eyes on the children that are abused maligned or neglected and now there's just nothing you know so yeah that children are much more likely to to be abused in foster care than they are not in foster care though which is the only solution the state has i would agree with that however um foster kids still go to public school as far as i know yeah but i'm i'm saying the i i'm not a fan of the whole um child welfare system it's a sure it's a very corrupt yeah, but I mean, this, you know, to I, varying degrees, I, depending on where you are in the country. But. I'm not a very, I'm not a fan of it either. But the statistics that came out, or you know, the the referrals were down something like I think he mentioned sixty percent. And we've played clips on here where you had, you know, parents bringing children to hospitals were like up, and when parents bring kids to hospitals, they've beaten them so badly they think that they're going to die and they make up some sort of story. So. There, whether or not the safety mechanism is the correct one, removing it for no reason, trapping everybody at home had a lot of uh, effects that we still are kind of learning about to this day. But you know what didn't uh, skyrocket? In What's fact, that? it went went down considerably. Bitcoin, shaken baby syndrome. Ah. Yeah, because shaking baby syndrome for the most part is not has nothing to do with parents shaking their baby. 
it's a vaccine reaction. And Such a dirty trick. The vaccines. It's Such a dirty trick, man. I watched some sort of video that told me it was like a parenting video. It was like, hey, you can get really stressed. It's like showed somebody stressing out with the baby crying. Excuse me. And then like the baby wouldn't stop crying. And like, you know, it, it definitely has happened to me where you get like really, really irritated because the baby is screaming and, you know, the ba- your own child's scream is supposedly made to, to really bother you and you can't figure out what's going on and you just get frustrated. In the video I watched, of course, the, the result of, you being, of the person being frustrated was they shook the baby. Now, I never shook the baby, obviously, uh, but uh, such a cruel trick to play on people. Like, hey, this is what happened. And then if you bring a, a baby in, oh, no. Your baby's been shaken. Oh, brain swelling. Must You must have shaken the baby. Did you shake the baby? Yeah. Don't shake the baby. As a matter of fact, I think I developed a, like a smart aleck comment to my wife during those early years after we had our first child. I always tell her, hey, don't shake the baby no matter what happens. And she would roll her eyes and try to throw things at me. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's just good. Dr. Phil said, you know, hey, no, no kids died. And uh, as a matter of fact, they were all harmed by this whole action. And hey, he, he wasn't even getting to the, the learning. Like there wasn't a lot of learning happening with the Zoom, yeah, I mean, Zoom the, calls and the... And the, uh, you, the the real damage is the language delays from all the masking and and, you know, kids sitting at home in front of the TV all day. Man, we were so lucky. We dodged that like the Matrix. I think my son was just, well, he was pre-K. And so there was no, there was no uh, bans on pre-K, strangely. So we were, you know, day, some daycares were still open. So he attended school most of his time. Actually, no, that's that can't be right. No. I'm trying to think. I don't think that is right. I think he must have been out from March through... August must have been. I don't know. I don't remember, but he, it didn't feel like we were really greatly affected by it because he wasn't fully in school yet. So, ah, glad to be out of the Northwest for in that context. Yeah, it's, uh, I should have brought a clip, but there was a great story. Uh, just checking back in on the liberal utopia of Seattle in. Uh, there was a, a man who stole an excavator and uh, dug out the side of a uh, side of one of the city parks, one of the hills, and built a cabin. <laughs> yeah, and they interviewed him and stuff. He's, I don't feel like leaving. And some of the residents are like, "I mean, it's okay if he's there." <laughs> How long of a process are we talking? I don't know, man. You steal an excavator, you drive it down the hill, dig yourself out a little. Little hole in the side, get some, get some. Uh, so like a lean-to, not like a cabin. He is trying to build a cabin, man. It's not okay. a lean. It's not a lean-to. Like it's okay. fully a structure. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, in a city park. Yeah, in a Seattle city park. Okay. It was a park that was kind of overlooking the I-5 corridor and the, you know, Boeing, it, all that down there. So, it's not illegal to steal an excavator? Andrew. 
<laughs> what even is illegal at this point? Like, did did he give it back? Is this in Chaz? Did, would, no, did he give it back? Did he give it back? I mean, I think he... I think <laughs> well, he, I don't know, did he? He, he gave it back. So. Oh, so he borrowed an... He borrowed an excavator. <laughs> he borrowed an excavator without permission. Without okay. permission, but he gave it back. You can't judge, Andrew. It's impossible to judge. Now, if like, he, you can't... You can't do, you know... So... Can't judge. If he had rented the excavator, did digging in a city park and putting up a structure, did that violate any any rules and regulations? <coughs> Excuse me. There was a park ranger that was so mad, but yeah, overall the city wasn't doing anything else about it. So Okay. Cause I'm pretty sure this is the same Northwest where if you want to put up a shed oh, in your yeah. backyard, yeah. you're going to need some permits for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Oh, it, you, you put up a deck that goes six inches too far? Yeah, you're going to be cutting off par- parts of that deck. Otherwise, you're getting fined every single day. Yeah. yeah. It's also, that in da- it's a, that's an endangered wetland uh, over there. The salmon won't be able to run up. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's like a, it's two inches. Like there's some long grass over there. We found a frog on your property, Mister Rancher. Uh, this is, yeah, you're gonna have to shut down your operations. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's an endangered frog. This is a wet. Property. This is a wetland. So anyway, um, where do we go from here? Would you like to hear about? Have you heard about all this Puff Daddy stuff, P Diddy? Uh, did I grab a clip for that? I don't think I did. Yeah, you go for it. Have you heard about it at all? Yes. Obviously, yeah. So, like about 90 days ago, I think his wife filed for divorce. And I told my wife, I was like, hey, this is going to be a big deal. Uh, and it just at that time, it just talked about her having to go to Eyes wide shut style sex parties where he forced her to have sex with other men and uh, she got sick of it. And I think that kind of pushed her over the edge, those sort of parties. But I told my wife at the time, I was like, Mm-mm, that is too much smoke. There is way more going on in this story than we thought. And sure enough, court documents have been filed in her. I'm going to divorce you. Uh, paperwork and holy moly uh, hold on to your hats if you haven't heard any of this stuff this is uh, not super important for your day-to-day life but as you consider the pop culture and the culture of our time influencers like puff daddy and jay-z and all of these people that are tied to the rap industry and even into the acting industry just remember that these are some of the circles that these people run in. You just got the Jeffrey Epstein of the music and entertainment industry. The new lawsuit that just dropped against Diddy is massive and it has photos, it has videos, it names names. And there's so much here that it's never gonna fit into a single video. So I'm gonna do a quick overview in this video and then I'm gonna do a couple of parts breaking down all the different aspects of what's come out so far. We're talking crime scenes. We're talking photo evidence of celebrities like Cuba Gooding Jr. We're talking record label executives. We're talking hidden cameras in every room of the house, getting recordings of celebrities, executives, politicians, at parties with celebrities and underage girls, with drinks being spiked, with drugs. This goes all the way back to the murder of Tupac and Biggie. 
We're talking about the entire rap and hip hop industry and the whole music industry at large. But to be clear, this is just opinions and speculation. These are not statements of fact. When I show sources in the background, like the court case, you should take those for just what they are. I'm not saying that all of this is necessarily real. So what's happened just now is that this man, Rodney Jones, who is a music producer that worked with Sean Combs, who is Diddy, he just filed this lawsuit. And he didn't just file it against Diddy. He filed against the executives at all of the companies associated and against the companies like Universal Music Group. His lawyers claim that he has secured hundreds of hours of footage and audio recordings of Diddy and his staff and his guests engaging in serious illegal activity. It's illegal for lawyers to make these claims if they don't have reasonable belief that this evidence is legitimate and exists. They could get disbarred for making these claims if they're not true. And some of that evidence is present in this lawsuit, like when Diddy allegedly shot a man. And then the LAPD saw that room in the photo, the bathroom with all that blood, and were on the scene for hours and no arrests were made. They went with the explanation that Diddy told his staff to give, which was it was a drive-by shooting. Diddy made it clear that his head of security, Fahim Muhammad, had the power to make people and problems disappear. This guy. And all of Diddy's staff were instructed to contact Mr. Muhammad if they were ever pulled over by the police in Miami or California. Diddy often bragged about having law enforcement under control. Although the deeper you look, the more it looks like people above him and above law enforcement had him under control. We'll go more into these cases in the detailed videos, but now the bigger picture. See, Diddy has been one of the most powerful people in the rap industry ever since the 90s when he founded Bad Boy Records. And he was only 24 when he founded it. He started his career as a non-paid intern at A&R until he was then fired in 1993 when he was 24 and founded his own label, Bad Boy Records, later that year. So how does a 24-year-old found a massive record label on his own. Well, when you dig further, you realize it wasn't on his own. It was with the help of Clive Davis, his mentor. And the further into it all you dig, you realize that Clive Davis came out as gay later on. And there's a lot of rumors that him and Diddy were in a relationship throughout this time. This is going to come up over and over and over just by chance. Clive Davis has been running significant portions of the music industry since our parents were kids listening to music. Responsible for artists like Aretha Franklin, Alicia Keys, The Grateful Dead, then later Usher, Outkast, Pink. But back in the 60s and 70s, like Janis Joplin, Santana, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd, like, come on, read it. Jones specifically claims that they were trying to groom him to do gay stuff, which has long been the talk of the town in the rap industry by people that aren't with it. Diddy allegedly showed him a tape from a secret recording that he just happened to have of, of Jones's idol having gay sex with some white guy. And then Diddy apparently told Jones that he had engaged in gay sex with this redacted rapper and that redacted rapper and his idol, Stevie J. And apparently he also promised to make sure that Jones would win producer of the year at the Grammys if he did gay stuff on camera. Although, to be clear, he wasn't explicitly saying on camera, but... Mr. Jones discovered that Diddy had hidden cameras in every room of his home. I'm going to guess that Diddy didn't learn how to wire a whole house with cameras on his own. Kanye has accused Diddy of being a fed many times. Diddy's also been accused of ordering the hit on Tupac many times. And when Diddy was asked about this on a podcast, this was his response. We don't, we don't talk about things that are nonsense. We don't even entertain nonsense, my brother. So we're not even going to even go there with all due respect, but... I 
appreciate you as a journalist asking. When you start digging into allegations of the CIA, the FBI, the Mossad having tentacles in the music industry, you wind up at total rumors like this. Former CIA agent admits agency created gangster rap to fill private prisons by glamorizing criminality. Claims like famous hip hop lyrics of the legendary hip hop outfit NWA were even scripted by a team of psychologists and war propagandists inside the CIA, according to this former agent. Obviously, these are just totally rumors and conspiracy theories, no truth to this whatsoever. But it leads you to people like Lior Cohen, who might be the most influential person in the last hundred years of music, because he ran Def Jam and made Jay-Z who he is, including Med Red Man, Method Man, DMX, Ja Rule, Ludacris. But it doesn't stop with rap music. We got Bon Jovi, Mariah Carey, Shania Twain, Elvis Costello, Ashanti, Nickelback, Slipknot, Sum 41, The Killers, Slayer. But then we've also got... His protege, Julie Greenwald, that got elevated through this merger that he brokered and managed the Black Keys, Bruno Mars, Death Cab for Cutie, Jason Rantz, Kid Rock, Lupe Fiasco, Wiz Khalifa. That would be this Julie Greenwald. And then we've got Lucian Grange, the CEO of Universal Music Group. He's the one that is directly implicated and named in this lawsuit. It is alleged that he attended these parties with underage girls and with sex workers, and he knew that they were spiking drinks, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're talking about Diddy, you got to also talk about Justin Bieber, um, who was managed by Scooter Braun, along with Kanye West, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, et cetera. Um, Scooter Braun is a really big player in the modern music industry. We also got Psy, Carly Rae Morris, uh, Martin Garrix, Kanye West, Black Eyed Peas, David Guetta, Lil Dicky. So you might not remember, but back in the 90s, um, Tupac and Biggie were both coming up. And they were both talking about leaving their records that we've shown the people involved in those records already and starting their own. And Tupac was starting to speak out a little bit maybe about the state, the nature of the industry. Diddy was close in the middle of that. And there's a lot of rumors that he ordered the hit on Tupac. Diddy sort of rose to power on the power vacuum of Tupac and Biggie both leaving the scene. And he has been manipulating and running a huge portion of the industry from the inside ever since. And this court case directly alleges with lots of evidence that he has been running a sexual blackmail scheme that entire time. Promoting artists that would engage in the sexual blackmail scheme and then do their bidding there because there's not just him acting alone. And pushing out, ostracizing, blacklisting, attacking artists that wouldn't. So uh, maybe you should go back and listen to some of Kanye's interviews and see if he sounds quite so crazy after all. Yeah. So anyway, aside from Kanye and his his outbursts and, and crazy insanity within the last 365 days, people have been digging up some, uh, some pretty... Uh, intriguing interviews with this new information and uh yeah kanye definitely knew if there's some if you want a, a more uh, funny take instead of a i'm really mad and i can't believe this is what's happening to people i know and care about take but i can't believe this and i'm gonna make fun of this guy till the end of the world uh listen to 50 cent talk about puff daddy have you seen any of those clips <laughs> No, I haven't. Oh, it's good stuff. I, he, he strikes, I don't know, is it possible to get to 50 cent level without taking the deal? Because he strikes me as somebody who maybe didn't. He, well, because he got big real fast, but 
he didn't really get the long-term yeah. deal. He didn't get no. the long-term deal for sure. Where Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Puff Daddy continue to be wildly famous and making all this money and all this music. He he went all the way up and then all the way down. So and he supposedly invested in like vitamin water and a couple or maybe a couple other things. So anyway, yeah, there's there's taking the deal for mm-hmm. you know to make it for and for long term success, and then there's taking every deal, which is like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, you know, like what what you want me to? Yeah, you know, wear Skechers done <laughs> what it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how uh totally against everything i tried to act was cool for 20 years i will i will do it and just throw some marijuana in there and i'm and pay i'll me. make it look cool pay me or, some money yeah, yeah or if you're if you're wide enough you'll think it looks cool well and don't forget my favorite uh my favorite reference to taking the deal is MC Hammer, who had two mm-hmm. pretty dr- hugely famous albums right. in, in yeah. the nineties, but then no staying power. Yeah, didn't take the deal. No staying power. So maybe Fifty didn't. But anyway, hearing Fifty Cent talk about Puff Daddy, he he definitely knew. <coughs> he, well, I'll yep. take you shopping, man. I'll buy you. I'll I'll pay for everything. Fifty Cent's, well, like, 50 cents like what? <laughs> this dude just say to me. Oh, it's funny. There's some funny clips out there. But uh, there's all kinds of evidence for this. Uh, Meek Mill is another rapper that's been caught up in this. Mm. He is the main character who's probably in a relationship with Puff Daddy. There is well, very disturbing... I'll, hold on. I'll finish this last. Very disturbing video of uh, Justin Bieber announcing he was just dropped off by his parents at Puff Daddy's house, and they're going to spend four days together. Woo. Like what? Like a young Justin Bieber? Yeah, like a fifteen-year-old Justin uh, Bieber, fourteen-year-old Justin Bieber. It is, it is. Uh, the, hearing everything you just heard, and then seeing some of the stuff coming out, and then going back and looking at a, a few videos. There's a there's a lot going on there, and people people noticed it. That's the thing. Everybody was turning their head. And crazy uh, Puff Daddy, of course, on or P Diddy, whatever his stupid name is, and now we all call him Diddy, which is like. Isn't that short for like diddler? I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> but uh, it's almost like he went to Epstein Island and was like, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. He got, yeah. he, he got, he, he took the deal. He's in the deal. I, t- I told my wife, I think he's, his hands are dirty in both the Tupac. I mean, he's at, at, at best, he's tangentially related to Tupac's death. Well, the, the Clive, Davis guy, uh, Mo Fax, had a deep dive on that guy. Oh, that'd be interesting oh, to listen to. One of the episodes, yeah. Okay. In relation to someone else. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, that's who I'd heard about that guy from. Yeah, well, was, and I know No Agenda tried to debunk the, the uh, CIA-made gangster rap or no, it was uh, private prisons. People got together with the the writers to make gangster rap really criminal to fill the. And it felt like No Agenda was saying, or Adam Curry was saying that that there's no proof of that, but we've heard it. And I mean, the story sounds true. Ice Cube recently on in that interview with Tucker was like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, and Tucker's like, well, it's not like they wrote the songs. And Ice Cube was like, well, but they can they can choose which ones are gonna get you know published which ones are going to get created so right anyway well i i think the 
the particulars of that were, I think it, you know, agenda was right to point out the, you know, the problems with that. Sure. To me, it is one of those things that pops out as the uh, fake scandal to hide the real scandal. Okay. Which is, so it's like directionally true, right? But the specifics are false. So then you just, you fact check that and debunk it and then just pretend that that erases the whole, <laughs> like, how do we destroy black people part of uh, hip hop's history and the music industry, which is very, very real. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. So, so was the, uh, the crack epidemic of the 80s. Like, yeah. yeah, the CIA was dealing, <laughs> was bringing it in. And and I still yeah. think to this day, I've talked about this in the show many times, but uh, they still think Rick Ross. Remember, Rick Ross is uh, this, this overweight rapper with the beard is a fake person. His name is something else. The real Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky Ross. Freeway was, Ricky Ross, yeah. Was, was, was a crack dealer that was getting crack, cocaine, directly from CIA uh, contacts in Los Angeles and, you know, hitting the streets and figuring out how to sell it. He became the, the, uh, talked to Gary Webb. Yeah. Patient didn't yeah. work out too well for Gary Webb. It did not, but he became patient zero for, Hey, how do we, how would this work? And he figured out how to, to, to disperse it, to get, to set up a criminal enterprise to set up, you know, the whole, the whole thing and, and to sell crack. So, yeah. And now, Rick, you ask a kid these days who Rick Ross is, and they'll tell you it's this fat rapper with a beard. <laughs> I think yeah. that was that was done on purpose. So, unless they listen to the Alex Jones show, absolutely. <laughs> Freeway Ricky Ross has been on the Alex Jones show multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy that he's just allowed to just like it's like nobody will even believe. <laughs> like, just let him go. Nobody's gonna believe this dude. Yeah, that's a. I mean, Gary Webb was. Yeah. It was it was a different era. It wasn't time to let that stuff out yet. Yeah, sure wasn't. Great book, great book. I uh, can't remember the title of it. The Gary Webb book, though. Dark Alliance. Dark Alliance. I have that somewhere. It's a good book. So it's about six feet away from me right now. There you go. I mine mine is somewhere in the other room. But the. Yeah, I mean, that whole list of artists, mm -hmm. the killers, I think, yeah. legitimate, uh, legitimately talented band. Yeah, I mean, there's a know, couple. I like pop rock. Yeah. Uh, and then there was one other artist where I'm like, oh, I, I like that. For the most part, man, it's just. Was it Nickelback? Like, oh, that's how they got famous because it wasn't from talent. Do you like Nickelback? You're a big Nickelback guy. <laughs> Nickelback was not the. <laughs> no, I did <laughs> think like, oh, photograph. now Nickelback makes sense. Okay, but all right. But if, if you listen to the way that whole thing was worded, I don't think that all of those artists necessarily. No, no, no. Were, right. No, yeah, yeah. it just it, just a big wig in the music industry that was in on this was yeah. also in on yeah. pushing those artists out outcast, you know, for my two cents was, was, and is talented still. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Well, uh, so then today on Joe Rogan, they had uh good old cat Williams and, uh, cat Williams had some interesting things to say as, uh, 
this topic of PDD wasn't brought up directly, but it felt like somebody was kind of alluding to uh, a problem that you and I have talked about multiple times, and that is men, black men, wearing dresses in Hollywood. Who is Cat Williams? Cat Williams. <laughs> I love you for that. He is a uh, a black comedian uh, here okay. in the United States. Uh, he, You've probably seen him before. He kind of dresses like a pimp is kind of his thing. He's kind of short. Uh, but uh, he's he's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. So anyway, he he's on uh, Joe Rogan, and they're asking or talking about uh, well, transgenderism. Propaganda in Hollywood movies is built into the ingredients list. It's like if you want flour, you need wheat. <laughs> like you're gonna have to get the wheat, and if you want to be able to make movies about certain subjects, you have to be willing to work with some people. That, you know, it would be nice if you made it so that this is what we're trying to accomplish. And this is showing the, the negative side of this other society. And this is, the ju- and this is our hero. It's our hero who's going to go do America's bidding and go over there. And you're like, okay. And those movies are successful. And so they continue this relationship. And you become a bit of a propaganda arm <coughs> for the government. And in turn, they don't fuck with you. <laughs> right. But that's what, that's what makes information so powerful is, you know, you don't care how people feel about the ritual. It's about does following the ritual work. Yeah. And so you can fool yourself into thinking there isn't one but the evidence will be clear so like when i when i be like uh oh these guys are wearing dresses and everybody's like oh he keeps talking about people wearing dresses no it's that not, is it's, a weird thing. it's not like that look at it from a different way look at it show me one person that ever wore a dress in hollywood unsuccessfully <laughs> <laughs> That's how you understand what a ritual is. Mm. So 20 years ago, I knew that transgenders was going to be a thing. It wasn't because I was a prophet. It's just I had gotten so much information that I understood the that things are secular. So I understood that the earliest I had seen that word transgender was um, Baphomet, the transgender. Um, And so I knew that in the ritual of Baphomet, the transgender, to show allegiance to him, you had to kiss his ring. Really? And it said both of those things. So I knew that both of those things would become popular in the future and that um, somehow calling people the goat would be normalized over the sheep being always the most popular reference. God, got some good weed, cat. This must be the weed talk. I'm trying to figure out how to jump in on that. Right. Which is my only goal. I always wonder whether or not all the stories in the Bible, it's just 
where we are experiencing it. Like the the mark of the beast thing that we were talking about earlier. If that mm-hmm. is not, if that is not, I think if if you had to tell a story for so many years, yeah, before anybody ever even figured out how to write it down, and you're telling a story about a civilization that allowed people to put brain implants in them. And then all of a sudden the brain implants were hijacked by machines and people became just meat zombies controlled by corporations. That would be the mark of the beast. That would be a demonic thing. If, it, if a demon tricked human beings into wearing a hat that turned you into a zombie, that demon would be like a, a famous character in books and folklore. But that demon exists and it's just technology. It just shows itself through this desire for the newest, latest innovations that are going to constantly fuel it becoming more and more powerful. And to one day it tricks you into letting it into its head like a vampire. Like the vampire stories, you had, you had to let them in, remember? <laughs> the, uh, the, the constant uh, uh, Rogan... Talking about the gospel or the Bible, <laughs> just continue. It just it just continues. Like, I mean, Cat Williams is higher than a kite. Trying to f- explain how he knew that the the satanic Baphomet was going to lead to transgenderism and some sort of weird ritual. And Rogan totally can't get composure of himself and just jumps to, well, I wonder about some of the stories in the Bible and if they're mm-hmm. true, and then jumps to Mark of the Beast. So. Uh, anyway, uh, well, I've, I've got a, sh- a short clip of where it, so it's I. while I was talking to Aaron Rodgers, but it's all Rogan talking. It, it goes right with what you're, I think with, we're, I think we, I think we both have the same clip then. Let's see if yours is any different than mine. Uh, what do I got here? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're within. 0.5 kilobytes of the same size. We have the same clip, Andrew. But I think as time rolls on, people are going to understand the need to have some sort of divine structure to things, some sort of belief in the sanctity of love and of truth. And a lot of that comes from religion. A lot of people's moral compass and the guidelines that they've used to follow to live a just and righteous life has come from religion. And unfortunately, a lot of very intelligent people, they dismiss all the positive aspects of religion because they think that the stories are mere superstitious fairy tales that, you know, they're, they have no place in this modern world and, you know, we're inherently good and your ethics are based on your old moral compass and we all have one. And that's not necessarily true. We need to, we need Jesus. <laughs> I think for real, like if he came back now, it'd be great. Like Jesus, if you're thinking about coming back right now, now's a good time. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. Now's a good time. <laughs> Yeah, man. Almost Twilight Zone level stuff. Oh, yeah. Like like New Ager Joe Mm -hmm. Rogan, Mm -hmm. you know, Christianity basher, Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus needing to come back. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, went to Berkeley. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Recovering. Well, I don't know if liberals, liberals not the right term for Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, kind of the free thinker, very anti-religious. 
Sure. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, you should come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, so, I think. So, I think, so pray for, I mean, absolutely. you know, I've heard people say, well, what if the president, you know, repented, which would be great. But, man, Joe Rogan's would be a bigger deal culturally than the than the president. So. Absolutely. Pretty awesome that Adam Curry was was able to to get to that point uh, and and re, you know repent and turn to Jesus. Uh, pretty pretty amazing. It shows his character, how humble he is, and just uh, kind of truth seeking. And yeah. uh, you know, you got the same situation, or at, I won't say same. It's never the same, but a very similar situation with Joe Rogan. But you know, Joe has was much more determined to be uh, almost anti-religious where I don't think that uh, Curry necessarily was, but Rogan has talked to so many more people (laughs) like Mm -hmm. from so many different walks of life. And then, you know, we're, we're headed in, we're headed in the same, the the trains are headed in the same direction. So, uh, yep. So I I hope so. Yeah. I I mean, uh, yeah, he's definitely, f- f- I think, having to make a decision on a fairly daily basis on how he's going to handle all that in his head. <laughs> he's, he's still it's just in too the, much. Oh, what it's <laughs> so he, he's still kind of negotiating. Oh yeah, it's I like all, all right. Well, yeah, there's there's probably a designer creator out there, but it's. It, it's not like the Bible's right about everything. Right? Yeah, I, I wonder about it, some it is, of those. Stories, it is kind of, like. it is kind of crazy how the Bible's. I mean, like how did, and the Mark of the Beast? Like how is that even in there? <laughs> you know, like he's he's wrestling with it. So yeah, he is. Cat that's good, Which you know, full credit to to people like Adam Curry and Joe Rogan, and we'll talk about another one here in a second. But to be open to actually learning yeah it's hard as an adult is is pretty rare it's pretty it really rare, is for sure so but this is this was uh posted in the telegram i cleaned it up a bit but uh in our little world almost as big as joe rogan james evan Plato <laughs> beat the monarchy and so he's just kind of riffing on the the moon landing but See if you could spot kind of the same. See if you can can resonate a little bit with with where uh, James Evan Pilato is at on on this whole subject. I know. Why aren't activists protesting us dumping garbage on the moon? Better throw some soup at a painting to stop this nonsense. Company also released images that the spacecraft took as it descended, but none are from the surface for some reason. Odysseus, the first American spacecraft to land on the moon since Apollo 17 in 1972, and the first private one ever to successfully set down there in one piece. However, during the landing on Thursday evening, the lander, about 14 feet tall, appears to have been traveling faster than planned and ended up tipped over on its side. As a result, its antennas are not pointed back at Mother Earth, greatly slowing the rate that the data can be sent back. While some of the solar panels of Odysseus were initially bathed in sunlight, they will soon be in shadow as the sun moves across the sky. That will starve the spacecraft of energy, and its batteries will drain. 
I don't, and there's right in the chat, fake, 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 fake. I don't really think they faked it. They were ready to fake it with their pre-filmed Kubrick footage if they had to. It's also, it's just, as I've told you, it's just not something I obsess over. It does not affect my life at all. If knowing the truth about space suddenly let me beat gravity and I can fly and float, well, then now we're talking. Having said that, though, how the f*** do they get worse at this? I was having some thoughts on the Hangout about the trans military. Maybe it's all, maybe it's all a put on. Like how they hyped up Jit Jackson Pollock and Rothko crap to fight the Soviets. We don't really believe in like that. It's just part of the PSYOP. I also don't really think that the U.S. oops suddenly couldn't destroy Russia and China. Again, I think there's a lot of fake oopsies. You think we're incompetent. It does not affect my life, and it has no bearing on the fact that all my family and friends got weird warp speed maggot jabs. <laughs> he, he's fighting it. Yes. He's, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You, but uh, just just keep going down the path, <laughs> James. I, I'm you, you know because here's where it does matter. Yeah. Because if if space is fake, mm-hmm. they lied to you about that, and the firmament is real, then it's like, well, wait a second. Wait, wait the the we're in a little world that's just like the Bible describes it, and not a empty, meaningless, random universe. What are the implications of that? Yeah. And that's where the, you know, that's stuff that, cause he's, he comes from a, um, at least nominally Christian background. I think they're, uh, I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know him personally. This is all well, based, I think it, based on my ability like, to, to read people. I think it was a very Christian household. I think he, you know, he's coming around on some stuff too. And man, it does matter. <laughs> it does matter to your life whether there yeah. is, you know, whether scientism uh, is right. And they, you know, they lie to us about a lot of stuff, but not that. Well, it's funny. Or I- whether it's, you know, because that is a birth every day of your life. You are fed the globe, science, the solar system. I mean, it's like one of the, every kid growing up, as soon as they're able to, you know, make a model of anything, what do they have to make a model of? Solar system. Right. You know, public television, like what it's every other day going to space. Now, this kind of popped into my head and i don't watch the simpsons Mm -hmm. um never never really have i think it's still on though right yep but they're very very freemasony uh is there ever any space stuff in the simpsons oh yeah 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 so there is space stuff excuse me i'm not the 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 one i'm thinking of they (laughs) springfield ends up in a dome in one of them well, no, exactly. That's the opposite. Yeah, of I know. Stuff, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I have to kind of look at it and see. But um, yeah, it's funny. You know, I think whether you go to Christianity and then to to flat Earth, I think there's less people to do that than do flat Earth to Christianity, which is kind of incredible, really. 
And, you know, for me, it was conspiracy and kind of getting down to the depths of like, okay, if 9-11 is true, you know, being an inside job, then where are we as a planet with these people in charge? And where, oh gosh, they're sacrificing babies to Baal and to Lucifer. <laughs> like, that can't be real. Is this, are we, are we just killing millions of people? People wouldn't be that bad, would we? And then you, after you cross over that logic bridge, you're like, uh, they, if they are, then they're probably getting the help of spiritual entities. Oh, look, they are getting help of spiritual entities and they're in service to them. And it's the same plan that has been going on for thousands of years. And then I got to that, those logic, cross those logic bridges. And I was like, if all that's true, then I actually already know the answer because I was raised <laughs> with that. Yeah. That guy would totally be the one that would be real. And so therefore I have to figure this out. So, I think you're hoping for a couple of logic bridges there on both on all on on uh, what what happened to Adam, all the all of them crossed and then answer was presented, but we're hoping for a few more for Joe and maybe a lot more for Evan. But uh, he, uh, you know, it, I think it's what what you're trying to say is. Yes, the flat earth thing and whether space is real doesn't actually matter on your real day-to-day life, but the conclusions that you must come to if that is fake matter greatly. And the same yeah. the same for me with the kind of coming to believe like okay, there's like a plan that the demons are basically carrying out using high level, you know, humans or high quote unquote, high level, high ranking in government humans and, and banking and all of that to, uh, to carry out the plan to kill as many people as possible or get them to go to hell. Sounds super familiar to a Bible story <laughs> I've been told. And it's like uh, the results of, whether or not there's an Illuminati, whether or not they're even called that, whether or not Jacob Rothschild, who, by the way, passed away, which is interesting, um, is the head of it, or it was Rockefeller or what, and did they really sacrifice babies, and are they really drinking kids' blood? Does, if that is true or not, does that affect my life? No. But if it is... <laughs> it affects your worldview. The, the it'll affect my worldview and the conclusions that come from that are very real and affected my life greatly. That was right around 2007, 2008, where I was like, I actually have to try to prove Jesus wrong. And it's probably the best thing I ever did. One of the smartest things I ever did. Yep. Yeah. Because the, once you stop, once you stop assuming the scientism mm-hmm. and you're like, People. and you just consider the possibility that this is not settled fact mm-hmm. that you've just been told it's settled fact. And when we've lived through yeah. several of these events, we've lived through uh, global warming morphing into climate change and morphing into you can't debate it anymore it's 97 percent of scientists agree therefore fact therefore you're a science denier 
We've lived we've lived through COVID, which was as hard as they tried. The most naked of the most recent ones. I mean, there's the yeah, because it they had to go. It was so fast. Yeah, and they, and they were dumb enough to take away people's distractions. Dude, it's like, yeah, that was bridge too far there. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's interesting times for sure. So that was both uh, totally unrelated in some ways, but, but man, that, that moon landing is terrible. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. I I love, I love, I love, I don't even remember who it was, but somebody threw it in the telegram and said, not enough gold foil to keep it standing upright. I was like, yes. Yeah. There's the, I mean, they had the golden foil, so they had at the least they're trying. Foil. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah. that's how you know it's a real landing. So when the golden foil comes out, but they, the way they do it, because I, I saw some of it in, in Lifetime. They said NASA's live streaming the whole thing right here, so you click on it, and it's some people at NASA talking. And then they say we're going to show you a, a simulation of it. It's like, yep, that's not a live stream. You're you're live stream people in a room, and then show us a, a video simulation of what's going on, and just say, uh, just you know, jump up and down and clap which, when you say it landed. Which just like what? Just come on. It continues to get weirder and weirder because you know. At this point in time, a nine-year-old kid knows what a live stream is. They can turn their phone on and live stream something to YouTube. They know what a live stream is. But no, we're just going to live stream the CGI footage. And how did we get live streamed footage of spaceship millions of miles away crashing into a meteor? Which, you know, if you join the Telegram, you could see my... Uh, profile picture is a picture of said meteor. Oh, according to NASA, that's what it is. Might look like a parking lot, but that's what it actually is: is a meteor millions of miles away, live time. Uh, we could do that, but we can't do the moon now. But we could, nineteen sixty nine, yeah, to nineteen seventy two, yeah. Uh, it is just real tough to to take. Oh, there was so a clip. That, I had a clip that would fit in perfectly. Like I think it was Alex Stein. Alex Stein was talking about them. Yeah, he. No, I I caught it. So I saw him on with Tim Pool, yeah. and then there was another clip of him talking with somebody else. That was a better, like, shorter clip. Yeah. 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 The uh, <laughs> Tim Pool thing because Tim Pool's he's on like the. He's not quite Matt Walsh level where it's like, how dare you question the moon landing? It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, but it is pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, well, you know. I just wish we could get that technology back and then we hadn't, <laughs> just, we hadn't, we hadn't so deleted Alex the. I was pointing, the, pointing the out all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The just. You know, there's a lot that you have to... He said, take a look at a, a Lincoln from 1962 and a Lincoln now. <laughs> and then tell me yeah. which one of those people do you think is going to be able to... Uh, <laughs> which one of those, you know, the people who created that is going to make it to the moon. <laughs> the, the, the place I used to work for had a piece of audio for the, the hold... 
you know, instead of music. That was like like computer trivia stuff. Okay. And one of them was, uh, did you know that the uh, Apollo 11 um, has had less computing power than a, a current Game Boy system. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Current, current Game Boy system. It shows you how old that was. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. <laughs> your, your current cell phone could just just beat a mud hole into the computer. They, I mean, like, it, it's not even... To the r- room-sized computers they have. Yeah, I mean, it was just nothing. Yeah. And the Werner von Werner von Braun, you know, his calculations were the rockets would have to be like thousands of feet tall, <laughs> like you know, for the distance. And then it's just you know, guy hangs the lemon, just <laughs> gets killed. Pump a bunch, gets killed. I didn't know that story. I, I learned that from Alex Stein. That that clip. Yeah, that was in um, that was a part of American Moon. Did you ever watch American Moon? I don't think I did. No, it's a good one. He's he's uh, very anti flat earther, right? You know, because the flat earthers like to use his and recommend his movie because it totally debunks the moon landing. But he's like, I'm not a flat earther. <laughs> If any of you flat earthers use clips for my movie, I'll sue you. But yeah. But it is, you know, despite the hostility, it is worth watching just for the the moon landing debunking. But basically it was um it was going terribly. And internally there were people quitting the program left and right. And the, you know, astronauts saying this thing's not working. And the last thing the guy says before he's incinerated alive uh, is, if if we can't even talk from next door, how are we supposed to talk to you from the moon? Mm-hmm. And goes up in flames. So, yeah. It's, and then, like, every part of the program was going badly. Mm-hmm. And then just magically, it's like they put some new people in charge. And it's like, oh, we're back on schedule. And what do you know? <laughs> All 33rd degree Masons. The, the event that got my uh, grandfather to buy a TV for the first time, the moon landing. Well, there you go. And he was a very uh, honorable and respectable man. And even he fell for that psyop. So I think it was very effective. Yeah. Go, go get a TV. Yeah, that was that was part of the the op was getting people to ho- hooked on television too. Yeah, was once you got TV, you could show them whatever you want. Then you just start. If they believe them. the moon landing. They're going to believe any everything else you put on the evening news. So. I did like the Kubrick reference and uh, JEP's rant there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's kind of a that was something that Alex Stein referenced too. Or uh, well, and then the, the, the sidekick, it, yeah. the sidekick of Tim Pool was the gal. so the no the 
the kind of nerdy guy. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, there that's that's a very and I used to be there too. I used to be in the oh they they really went to the moon. They just faked some of the footage, <laughs> but no, they didn't go to the moon. No, that's what I yeah I think that I finally found from. 10 plus years ago, National Geographic. Did we talk about this in the show? Yes. We did. Okay. All right. Yeah. But that is, uh, yeah. Because I was still a, yeah. a moon landing agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> now you're a moon landing atheist. Yes, very much. Um, some European politician, Keir Starmer. You know, we play all the Keir Starmer clips. Yeah. Okay, maybe. My favorite European politician, yeah. really. But uh, this was in the, the prime minister's questions things where they just insult each other. Um, so he pulled out the ultimate insult. We've heard it before. Go ahead and play it. Well. Oh. Tory MP spent last week claiming that Britain is run by a shadowy cabal made up of activists, the deep state, and most chillingly of all, the Financial Times. <laughs> at, at what point did his party give up on governing and become the political wing of the Flat Earth Society? Uh-huh. Flat Earth Society. It's, a, it's you know... Psyop within the psyop. It is. It is definitely a psyop within the psyop. There, just it's the you. It's they. They make it so hard for you to even consider it because you'd have to be dumb to do it, right? It's just ridicule for even considering. Right, because if if you look up the flatter society, you get the disc in space. <laughs> I think they're like, oh, this is what flat earthers think. We think it's a disc hurtling upwards through space and that's where gravity comes from is because the disc is is going upwards and here's what it looks like in the solar system that we totally believe in because we're flat earth the flat earth society yeah but uh, anyway well i'd like to solve a mystery that is one episode long only one week long of why Shaq does so many commercials Okay, yes. <laughs> Besides, he likes money? Yeah. I think that's... Oh, I'm sorry. I should probably set this up. This is Shaq's podcast, which he is co-hosted by somebody else who, as far as I could tell, does a lot of the heavy lifting, and then Shaq drops his knowledge throughout. But this is with not Travis Kelsey. That Jason Kelsey? It's with Jason Kelsey. Thank you. Travis's brother. On retirement. Let's see if I can get to the right spot. I didn't clip this one yet, but I know roughly where it starts. I thought he did a good job of explaining that. Was you, you almost feel like you're you're like you're not there right? anymore? Yeah, like, yeah. I, like okay. So they're both talking about uh, the rush of running out to the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium, or for Shaq to walk into an NBA arena, and how as uh, um, uh, professional athletes that high low kind of rush that you constantly get from from competing at a high level like this it's really hard to go into retirement uh, because you're just kind of always the same very much more mellow and how to deal with that so apparently Shaq I had no idea has become some sort of a world-renowned DJ so he walks out onto the stage and spins 
his DJing tracks. So I'm not sure, but uh, that's been his kind of way to. It's the closest thing that he's found in, to walking out in the Staples Center, you know, to a, to a Laker game. Uh, so Jason's trying to find, or yeah, Jason's trying to find his. How could he ease himself into retirement? And then Shaq drops this on him. It's it's like, why am I not having that 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 insane high that I had when I was playing football? So I think you need to DJ. Is why we brought. I don't know that I can. De- I can play saxophone. Shut up. I like haven't done it in a while. Saxophone? Well, baritone saxophone. But I can play alto as well. My advice he, to you he lays down a few notes on stage. You know who does DJ? Who wants to DJ? Is Trav. I got him. Travis Kelsey. I got him. Come DJ Trav. Got him. Oh, seriously. If he opened up for Taylor Swift, you know, that's crazy. He does this every time he's in his phone. He finds the song and then he finds uh, what the hook is based off of. That's like his favorite thing to do. Oh, like this like is where the Yeah, yeah, from. yeah. He's, he's all into it. <laughs> so my advice. That's all we do, by the way, at yeah. backstage at TNT. There you go. Everyone, we're watching the games, but it's Shaq being like, when's the last time you heard this? <laughs> my advice to you is if you are going to retire. Yes. Accept it. Enjoy your family, brother. Thank you. I made a lot of dumb mistakes to where I lost my family and I didn't have anybody. That's not the case for you. So enjoy your beautiful wife, enjoy your beautiful kids and never dwell on what we had. Yeah. What we had is what we got. You got the ring. People know who you are. Enjoy it. Because again, I was I was an idiot and I've talked about it for a long time. Lost my whole family. Spent a hundred thousand square foot house by myself. And that's when I got. But again, the way I was raised. Up. Yeah. Man up. Yeah deal with it but you know so so that's my advice to you thanks for coming brother you're the man I'm a big fan of yours thank you so much tell mom and dad and hopefully i'll see you at the super bowl and tell miss taylor swift i just want to shake her hand i I think she'd be i I don't want no picture i just want to say that i I met a legend all right sorry about that um I didn't know that, man. Shaq lost his family. He's got a hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar house. I bet he has more than <laughs> more than a hundred thousand dollar house, hundred thousand square foot house with nobody in it. I can't even imagine a hundred thousand square foot house. Yeah, and no not. family in it. That's messed up. Yeah, and I think so. Anyway, I, earlier in the in the in the pod, podcast, he was talking about he didn't know what to do in retirement because he'd wake up and just didn't didn't know what to do with himself. He'd always had to be at practice or be here, or be there. And like, he was like, I got to come up with some sort of hobbies. And, and then there at the end, just kind of shares that whatever he did, he alienated his own family and lost him. So hmm. it's tough, man. And then we got Tom Brady. Uh, apparently Giselle was cheating on him. So, uh, you never know. Things are not as they appear, right? Even if you're Tom Brady. Not with the, with Antonio Brown? I no. No, no, no. She was cheating on him okay. with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, I think, in Brazil. Ah. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, come, she's like currently dating him. So, mm. you could be seven-time Super Bowl winner, best quarterback of all time, and still get cheated on. It's tough out there. If only there yeah. was a, if only there was a moral code like a book. If yeah, there's that we could yeah, use, it, I guess it that would help us to figure out like who to marry and how not to marry. 
how to figure out how not to marry somebody who casts spells that determines whether or not you win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't marry a witch. There's uh, words of wisdom for the day. There it is. Don't marry a witch. Don't take the deal. Don't put on the dress. Never be alone with P. Diddy. And don't marry a witch. I mean, those are all good good things we're learning today. The culture yep. is rife with demonic forces and stupid people. Yeah. And yeah, I I kind of like Tom Brady. I I hate to admit it. But I do too. When I, uh, now that I've heard him, so I don't know if you heard it. I, I listened to PBD podcasts as I mentioned several times. He interviewed Tom Brady about two three months ago. You heard that? No. I'll send it to you. It's the best. It's the best Tom Brady podcast I've ever heard. And I, I sent it to several people, and they're like, "Man, I started listening to this." Just people who don't even listen to podcasts, and they're like, "I started listening to this, and I couldn't turn it off." Like it's, it's compelling. So, but yeah, it in after listening to that, it, you get to know him a little bit, and I hate to admit it too. You know, I rooted against him a lot, but uh, <laughs> guy's a machine, and uh, yeah continues to push forward regardless of the odds, tries to keep his head up and, and do the right thing. So I think he married poorly. I think he would tell you at this point that he married poorly. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So don't, don't marry the Victoria's secret supermodel. Who's a witch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like could argument could have been made that she was like the best looking woman in the world, like rich, all the things and we headed in this direction. Wild. Well, I, you know, I think he'll land on his feet, but no, I I do too. But I mean, there's kids there and everything. You don't, you still like to see this sort of thing. Yeah. I know you and I don't care. Here we are. Here we are talking about pop culture. That's kind of the theme of the show today, and it's not necessarily that we care about all these different things going on in pop culture, the P. Diddy stuff, and to, to quote James Evan Pilato, it's not going to affect my life at all. But um, we're led to believe that this is normal society, and there's a lot of evidence that what's going on around us is not normal, it's uh, abnormal, and uh, it's sick. Yeah, but the and the celebrity culture, because... Yeah, there were people cheering for Shaq, right? And he he missed that. And but those people aren't even thinking about him when he's all by himself in the hundred thousand square foot house. That's <laughs> right. Know? I mean, that's right. It's such a shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, you're better off with one person that actually cares about you than yeah, a hundred thousand people who care about you as a celebrity, and that's it. But yeah, no, that's true. That's a good, it's a good, good point, man. That's why, you know, I wouldn't trade Revelations Radio News listeners for a stadium full of normies. You know, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we have the choice, but theoretically, I still wouldn't trade. We could we could fill a very small small like auditorium maybe no stadiums yeah, maybe, maybe uh, University of Oregon before the current basketball stadium yeah uh, Matt Court 
it was the coolest basketball gym. Uh, tiny, with like three levels going up the sides. Mm-hmm. And the whole place would shake when people were going nuts. Sounds uh, cool. It, yeah, it was an amazing home court advantage there. But, uh, may, you know, we're not going to fill Matthew Knight Arena, but maybe we could we could get close to filling Matt Court one day. So. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. What, what do you say? Should we thank some people? I should probably play, play, the, play the thing. Unless you got another story or something you want to no let's let's thank some people let's wrap it up wrap it up we are burning the midnight oil at this point almost oh no what was that Uh, it's a bad version of uh (laughs) Bad version of Revelations Radio News. My apologies. Well, should I thank some people since I can actually see the spreadsheet now? You can see the spreadsheet. We fixed it. We deserve credit for this, Andrew. Yeah, Revelations Radio News 347. Revelations Radio Is 347 a prime number? Not divisible by three. I'm going to say yes. Looks pretty prime to me. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I think it's... I'm going to say I could be wrong, but I think it's a prime number. So there we go. The significance of 347. First up... Oh, Medford, Oregon, send us $25. We give, send, go. Thank you very much, Danny. Next on the list, we've got Luke via the P.O. box sent his $5, which he does on a regular basis. Thank you very much, Luke. Next on the list, Dorothy from Parts Unknown, send us $20. Uh, via give, send, go. Thank you, Dorothy. Risky Roberts from Kansas City, Missouri, sent us $7. Thank you, Risky Roberts. He sent that via Gives and Go. Robin from Parts Unknown sent us $13. Thank you, Robin. Also, via, everything's Gives and Go except the P.O. Box. No PayPal's at all. And last, but certainly not least on the list, the Garden City Ranchers from Garden City, Missouri, sent us $50. Thank you very much. Oh, did, you, did we get the email from them? I don't believe you didn't. I sat. No. Okay, let me see then. They've explained the mystery on the last show. Let me see. So thank you guys all for the donations this week. Greatly appreciated. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And your donations, you are what keeps this going. Oh, gosh, I should mention this now that I've opened up my um email i should mention i posted last week's show or two weeks ago's show last week so i got the mp3 files confused actually that 
could have been predicted. Andrew told me that was wrong as soon as we finished the show, but I still figured out how to upload the wrong show. Uh, so my apologies. Uh, what happened was it went out, and a certain editor of a certain def- now def- <laughs> def- defunct Substack reached out to me within minutes and said, Hey, that's the same show. And I said, what is she talking? Oh my goodness. It is. So I quickly uh, switched out the, the attached file and anything that was downloaded that wasn't downloaded instantly after that was, uh, the correct show. However, my, my, uh, a friend of the show, family member, uh, lives up in, uh, good old Chicago, uh, or north of Chicago, on Monday, texted me and said, hey, wrong show, what's going on? And I had to tell him to re-download it. So if you are listening to this show and you thought last show was a mistake, uh, you can go back, hit re-download, and listen to it. So I do apologize for that, and uh, glad that I was able to to bring that up. So also thank you to that uh, lovely editor, uh, for the quick word, I got a couple emails too. Pretty quick. Well, hey, hey, you posted the wrong show. Pretty quick. Just so. real quick on the Substack. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. This is a little bit off topic. Sorry, I mentioned it. So uh, <laughs> our Substack is actually defunct. I haven't uploaded like forty episodes, so it's hard to. I've gotten a um, a bunch of new subscribers. <laughs> so far recently so is our and it's, our show page it's because james corbett recommended us mm-hmm. and so it inspired me i'm gonna I'm, I'm back to a more normal schedule no excuses football season's over <laughs> so you can if you're listening to the to this part of the show uh you can nag me if i don't have a sub stack out fairly soon Okay. You could take that to the bank. Wait, what? That, I'm not promising it'll be good. Okay. But there will be something somewhat soon. Well, there you go. Dear Tim and Andrew, my winning with Witchcraft Super Bowl donation can be found in the PayPal bucket. <laughs> uh, so, okay. That was winning the, with Witchcraft. Uh, yeah. Bucket. That was but that was the that was the old email. What came? Didn't one come through since then? Oh no! Oh, to explain the number itself? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We we were mystified that then. Yeah, it got messed up. Let me see if I can find it. You? Do you have anything else to to give us? Want to give us give us something else? Um, I well, do I have anything else? The funny thing about the funny thing about the Substack, or excuse me, the Telegram is now that's yet another place I have to look for conversations that I've had with people. You, right, know, what I, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's just another. Yeah. Was it a text? Was it a? Oh, here it is. Well, oh, this actually confused me because I did not realize that this person in the Telegram and that we have interacted with over the years is the male counterpart of the garden city ranchers oh really i didn't i didn't realize that those two were related you knew that no i didn't yeah yeah anyway if you don't know who it is i'll tell you after this but anyway we had a laugh when we heard what paypal did to my donation amount my donation amount was 
5887 58 for oh, Super okay. Bowl 58 87 for Kelsey. Warlock Kelsey. I tried to use my give send go but they don't do use they don't use quarters, dimes, nickels or pennies. You guys are awesome and the last episode was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that I, I would have gotten that. Right. Cuz we we've had the Super Bowl 56 part but yeah the other the the sense didn't make sense yeah. so so i uh spent some show prep time uh-huh. playing around on gab ai okay you know reno was posting some three-fingered taylor swift uh art so that's one use of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I did some of the, the art things. Uh, they have like an oil painting version. Okay. That's what I used. And then uh, you can have a you can have a conversation and it, it spits out answers pretty quickly. I don't think I kept trying to share like the actual conversation. So if, if you click on that... Um, the Gab AI link. Mm-hmm. Are you able to click on any of the conversations? Do you see any conversations on the left? No, this is just, yeah. So you have to okay. be like, are you signed in and everything? Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it says, oh, do you want to make this public and do you want to share it? But I don't know. I tried. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so. My conversation with Gab AI. I'll I'll skip down uh, skip down to, to this part. I asked Why does Alex Jones keep saying they're turning the freaking frogs game? <laughs> oh sorry. Oh there you go. That's a good question. Uh, so I asked, are vaccines safe and effective? Oh man. The answer. The safety and effectiveness of vaccines are well established through extensive research, clinical trials, and ongoing monitoring. Vaccines have been instrumental in eradicating or significantly reducing the impact of many infectious diseases, saving countless lives. Side effects from vaccines are generally mild and temporary, such as soreness at the injection site or low-grade fever, and serious reactions are very rare. The benefits of vaccinations far outweigh the risks, and vaccines are considered a crucial tool in public health. My next question, can vaccines cause myocarditis? In rare cases, some vaccines may cause myocarditis, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then it goes on, the benefits of vaccination, including protection from disease, far outweigh the potential risk of myocarditis. It is essential to discuss any concerns about vaccination with the health care provider. Uh, can vaccines cause heart attacks? There's no scientific evidence to suggest that vaccines can cause heart attacks. So then I asked, can myocarditis cause a heart attack? And they say, no, it can cause heart failure, but not a heart attack. Okay, we're a little bit of semantics. So uh, myocarditis can cause heart failure and death, but not a heart attack. Okay, so I asked, can vaccines cause heart failure and death? There's no scientific evidence to suggest that vaccines can cause heart failure or death, yada, yada, yada. 
can myocarditis cause heart failure and death? Because <laughs> that was part of the definition of myocarditis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, myocarditis and inflammation of the heart muscle can potentially cause heart failure and death. If the condition is severe or left untreated, the inflammation can weaken the heart muscle, impair its ability to pump blood effectively, and increase the risk of arrhythmias or heart attacks. However, not all cases of myocarditis lead to heart failure or death. That's not what I asked. And many people recover fully (laughs) with appropriate treatment and monitoring. The severity of the condition depends on factors such as the underlying cause, the extent of inflammation, and the individual's overall health. My response? That sounds like a yes. Is that a yes? Yes. Myocarditis can potentially cause heart failure and death if the condition is severe or left untreated. However, it is essential to note that not all cases of myocarditis lead to heart failure or death, and many people recover fully with appropriate treatment and monitoring. <laughs> How am I not surprised that you cornered AI in a conversation yeah. with it? Yeah. So, it it goes awesome. It goes on. Um, <clears throat> so they they kept doing the the rare side effects mm-hmm. um so quoting the cdc and the who so i said uh, could you define rare in the above paragraph uh in the context of the paragraph rare refers to the extremely low probability or likelihood of, of a severe adverse reaction including death occurring as a result of a vaccine okay so i say would one percent be considered rare Yes, 1% could be considered rare in the context of severe adverse reactions or deaths related to vaccines, but the benefits far outweigh, <laughs> far outweigh the risks, um, and it's far lower than 1%. I said, I said, well, if it's much lower than 1%, what is the risk of death from vaccines? It's extremely low. Oh, so yeah. then they say, for example, the risk of severe allergic reactions, anaphylaxis after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine is less than one in a million doses. Well, that's nice. Not really the issue with the COVID-19 vaccines, but nice to know that anaphylaxis happens one in a million times. Um, So I, anyway, Uh, does anyone who works for the CDC make money as a result of vaccines being recommended by the CDC? Yes, some individuals working for the CDC as well as other government agencies may have financial interests in vaccines or vaccine manufacturers. However, these individuals are required to disclose any potential conflicts of interest and recuse themselves from decisions that could be influenced by those interests. The CDC's vaccine recommendations are based on scientific evidence, expert opinions, and public health priorities rather than any individual's financial interests. Mm. Thanks. I said, how... How do you know? Is the CDC staffed by angels or humans? The CDC is staffed by humans who are subject to the same moral and legal standards as any other individuals. <laughs> I mean, we just covered the whole show showing that moral standards can, yeah, can vary greatly. Yeah. So anyway, it was so the it might not be woke, but uh, Gab AI is definitely not. Uh, not on our side. No. It's, it's no meta making our founding fathers black, but also not uh, b- not base enough to say vaccines are not great. Right. Yeah. So, well, 
All right, man. Anything else we got to play? Anything else we got to do? Got to get out of here. No, I just wasted enough time with with that that I, you know, had to bring it to the show to justify it as show prep. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. There should be a new segment of the show. Andrew has a conversation with AI. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be as nothing will be as big of a hit as you reading Hillary Clinton pretending to be a human. (laughs) I too take part in levity at times with friends and family. So yes, Mark Zuckerberg and Hillary very, very normal humans, (laughs) easy to relate to. (laughs) So funny. Was he getting in the ring to like practice martial arts? There were so many pictures and captions. And oh like, no, no, he was hold the hold the. What was it? So this, this is how no, I hold it, hold a weapon with my human hands. Or something. Well, so maybe, maybe we're talking about two different things. But he was uh, ringside for uh, Marab Devashvili, like an MMA fighter and he like walked out with with all like the corner guys and you know the crew from mm-hmm. rob mm-hmm. and then there's a clip of him like awkwardly looking for like a you know like a handshake or fist bump and and like no one paying any attention to him and him just kind of like awkwardly looking around looking for i don't know like trying to look like he belonged there um, but apparently, you know, I don't know if he gave Marab money, but, uh, Marab was like talking to him while he had, um, the other guy, like in a submission hold, like hmm. trying to, trying to put him out. He's talking to Zuckerberg ringside there, but, uh, no, it was interesting, but yes, very, it was a very, uh, robot zuckerberg moment there trying to look trying to look cool but elon doesn't want any of that smoke though like if because i believe zuckerberg's actually been training did you hear the elon interview where he talked about it (laughs) no i didn't he laughs about it like repeatedly he was like i would destroy him like I guess he weighs. Like I, I think the difference in size is dramatic. Yeah, he. Yeah, which. Well, then they should fight. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I don't know. He he just I'll just lay on him, and then you know when you're that much bigger than a person, you can really just have your have your way. So he said something like that. Like he laughed about it. Yeah, if it if Zuckerberg's learned a fair amount of jujitsu though oh no you're right no no i know elon musk would be tapping out in like 30 seconds i have a buddy he is into jujitsu i have taken my son to his jujitsu with his kids and he uh my son is bigger than his kids same age but my son is larger because my son is a giant human with human hands no he's a giant human (laughs) and uh he started throwing this kids around and I was told by the dad, like, hey, that shouldn't happen in jujitsu. It's the one, you know, discipline where if even if you're smaller, you should be able to uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sur- surrender. What's the- submit? Submit the uh, someone that's bigger than you. If you know the moves, you you're never out of the fight. So anyway, thought that was kind of interesting. So maybe that's where you're coming from with the Zuck. If the Zuck is trained trained well, he could. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that Elon just doesn't doesn't do anything you know if he yeah no it just doesn't look like it yeah if let's just say that tomorrow morning i woke up and had to go run with both zuckerberg and or zuckerberg or elon had to run with me it would appear that zuckerberg could run with would, me would make it you know at least half a mile or something yes yeah. would make it a decent amount of but elon who knows but uh yeah that, that's kind of lame to just be like oh i would crush him but i backed out of the fight <laughs> not like i don't know did he back out of the fight yeah just because he oh he had an injury or whatever you know oh he did actually and i heard the interview where he talked about this what interview was that what was i listening to was it rogan it might have been rogan no because then rogan would have tried to really get into it yeah <laughs> yeah R- rogan wouldn't have bought i'm gonna lay the story on if, yeah. if he's faking it but you know he was supposed to fight wesley snipes uh musk was joe rogan was oh joe rogan was back in the day i think i vaguely remember that yeah Yeah. and i guess somehow it didn't end up happening and then they somebody whoever the guest was like pressed him on it like how did why did that not happen rogan was like i think somebody figured out i was gonna kill him (laughs) yeah yeah you don't like the, the MMA guys, yeah. Even at like a low level MMA guy, yeah, it's. Well, I guess I which, didn't realize. Which, I mean, Joe Rogan. I'm not saying Joe Rogan's. He he trained pretty hard for a long time. You know, he was never. And I didn't. I didn't realize that. Like in the 90s, he was a Taekwondo black belt. Yeah, he was doing stuff even before. Even before MMA yeah. was the thing. So, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard Dana White talking about. He bought the UFC mm-hmm. and they had a, a whole box of like VHS tapes with like uh, basically um, just different stuff kind of related to him. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a clip of Joe Rogan talking to a talk show host, you know, because he's the Fear Factor host. So he's on a late night talk show and he's talking up the UFC stuff and they, talk shows was like oh isn't it just a horrible blood sport and should be out illegal and he's like no there's a lot that goes into it you know there's basically pumping it up and so dana white calls him up he's like hey you want to come do you want to come work with the ufc he's like yeah sure he's like i'm not gonna pay you anything like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> so he worked for free for like the first 11 or 12 UFCs. And then, then he started having them do commentary and obviously gets paid a lot of money to do it now. But yeah, that's wild. I never heard that story. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the, um, very coarse, non-woke, uh, UFC, champ of one of the weight classes sean strickland oh yeah that's he was, he was kind of known as just a kind of scummy human being is kind of was his reputation before but now he's like a hero for being non-woke but um some youtuber wanted to spar with him oh no okay so i'm go ahead go ahead so 
most he's insane. He's he's insane, and I, yeah. I'll, I and I'll tell you why and how I know in a minute. Well, so and the <laughs> other UFC guys were talking about, it and they're like, "Man, that's kind of messed up what Sean Strickland did to that guy because he he didn't let up on him. I mean, he just pummeled the guy, yeah. like for." Until someone like pulled them off of him, basically, it's like so. Sean has messed up. Sean has a screw loose, man. He he does. So, yeah. So uh, this is gonna this is crazy, right? Like I just have a lot of podcast range. So occasionally I'll listen to Theo Vaughn. You know, familiar with this guy? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I listen to his podcast. I mean, he's had Tucker on. He's got some crazy range on that podcast. So I'm like, this dude, he's interesting, right? And I think it's disarming because he has his hair grown out and he looks kind of like white trash. Like he'll fully admit that. And I think it disarms right. people. And then he's actually yep. you know, really bright and a good interviewer. So I see this clip on, I don't even remember where it was, Instagram or, t- or Twitter or something of Sean like moved to tears about trauma early in his life. Like being right. Cause he be, was beaten. sexually abused as a kid. Yeah. He was, did it? Oh, is he sexually abused? Yeah. Okay. He remembered hiding underneath his bed and like hugging, like praying that, you know, God would help him and trying to protect his dad from his mom. And like at a very young age, four five, six years old, trying to fight his dad so that he wouldn't beat up his mom. Um, Anyway, so I hear I hear this like small clip. I'm like, oh man, this is like childhood trauma type of stuff. I'm I'm into that, especially this this guy who kind of turned his life around afterwards and was able to to make something of himself. I'm going to listen to this interview, knowing nothing about the guy. So the f- I do not recommend anyone listen to that podcast. If you do, skip to the end. But the first like hour, hour and a half is the most. Andrew, it is like locker room talk on steroids because neither yeah. one of them can keep each other in check. And they're just keep going in different directions. And Theo Vaughn just like lets it ride and it just keeps going and going and going. Uh, but sure enough, by the end, he straight up talks about he doesn't believe in God because he prayed for someone to stop the things that were happening to him and they couldn't and that never happened. That's how I knew God doesn't exist. And he like bursts into tea. Like he like literally starts crying on the, on the set. And Theo is like ready to like hug him. He's like, he, he tries to stop the podcast. He's like, Hey man, we don't have to, we don't have to record. We can just stop and we can just talk, man. Like I can just give you a, like he is, Sean is like straight up crying. Remember like his, his, he's having memory. Like as he talks about specific memories where he felt like he was going to die or he knew his mom, that his dad was going to kill his mom. I mean, just heartbreaking, heart-wrenching stuff for a kid. He's like, and then I'd go to school and like I'd get in trouble for falling asleep. But the reason I'm falling asleep is because my dad's drinking at home and I'm trying to stay awake and make sure he doesn't beat up my mom. And mm. I mean, it's it's and then he kind of kind of transitions that a little bit to like that's kind of how I know I could kill a man. And you're like, what? And he's, he like puts this whole thing together. He's like, yeah, you know, because I just I have all that kind of bottled up inside me, and I just access it when I need it. And that's how I know if it really needed to, you know, I could kill a man. And that's kind of why I like, you know, UFC, because they allow me to kind of get in there and, and exercise that part of me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not even sure how to freaking handle this <laughs> as someone who's dealt with yeah. trauma in my life. I'm like, I don't even know how to like, 
the process is like this was amazing heartwarming moment that you just shared with theo and then that he you know put out and he's like i don't care put it out and people can see this i don't care and it's a it's an, like just that clip alone is it's so powerful so moving but then when he follows it up with like yeah i could definitely kill someone and this is why or the hour and a half lead up of just talking about yeah. penis size and every just every possible locker room thing you could think of is it's not worth it but I'll tell you what, I don't know anything about this YouTuber, but you're, you are dumb. I would not be any type of fight with that dude in, in, after hearing that whole podcast, like that dude, like, no, Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm no, 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 no. I need, I would need to train for like five years. We would need to be the same. Like, there's no way in the world. I'd be like, let's spar for a minute. Noop, 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 noop. Nope. Surely that, you will take it easy on me because I'm just the, a YouTuber. <laughs> like, this is the dude that's going to be eating like raw meat if if our village is invaded, and he's going to be the first person up naked with a sword yelling as he defends the the village. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in medieval times, he would have been the cream of the crop in the like. He would have been the guy. Like we all would have been like, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess he's our leader. <laughs> okay. It's just, he's in charge, I guess. Let's have somebody else come up with a strategy, but he just ran out of here naked with a sword and killed a bunch of people to defend us. So I guess we got to follow him. No, I have yeah, a lot of respect he, for him, but he has a screw loose, man. And if you watch that podcast, don't. If you do, please skip to the end. Wait till he starts kind of talking about his childhood and then you can you can see it. But man, <laughs> this and this has been known about Sean Strickland for a long time. What? It's just that he is not a, not, (laughs) he fights with everyone. Yeah. Like whether it's his job or not. He almost fought with Theo Vaughn, like just arguing just to start the podcast. He like, he kind of went in on Theo Vaughn's stepdad. And I could tell he was getting a little confused. Like, he's like, man, you just trashed my dad. (laughs) (laughs) No, he, like every other day, it's Sean Strickland fought with this person in a parking lot. Sean Strickland got in a fight in the stands at this UFC event. Sean Strickland, yeah. Oh, I he didn't mean with fought. It's, I meant not, it's not going to end end well. No, he, no. But, I'm going to tell you right now, based on that interview, he needs help. It's like yeah. psychological help, like counseling. In in yeah. that, it did make me feel a little bit better. Right after I saw that, he did the thing where he. Oh, did I, I probably didn't play that on here either. Where he says he he says you're what's wrong with this country. You're you're everything that's wrong with yeah. With, we with we talked about it, right. yeah. But there's too many f bombs to way too many. Yeah, and I um, but it made me feel better because he yelled to somebody like off mic and says that too extreme, which made me think that he has some sort of babysitter, which is good. <laughs> he needs it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a- you know, Des Bryant, when he first signed with the Cowboys, he had a full on like show, like chauffeur slash chaperone yep. everywhere he went. Cause he was so immature and didn't know like what to do. So I hope Dana has a chauffeur chaperone for that dude. Yeah. Dana's not really the, the pay for the babysitter type. No, he's more the, uh, well, if you get yourself in trouble, I will uh, thank you for the pu- publicity, but uh, 
you're on your own type deal. Yeah. If you're not Conor McGregor, he's not really covering for you. But <clears throat> Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, words of wisdom, I'll, I'll give some. Let's see if you can give some. Andrew's words of wisdom always more valuable, obviously, because they're Andrew's. But I'll give, t- I'll give words of wisdom. If you have trauma, anything related to the stuff Sean Strickland went through as a kid, you got to talk it out. You got to go, even if it's not a counselor, go to a, a somebody from your church. Just find another dude. You got to talk that out. You got to work that out because that dude is, whew, that is, yeah. If you, it is unhealthy. If you can't go more than two days with the, out getting in the physical confrontation with another human being, you just, you. Probably need some help. That's why I don't drink, man. I can definitely go two days without getting a physical confrontation, but when I start drinking, we're definitely gonna. We're gonna. It's it's not gonna be two days, but it's not gonna be super long. Right. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be two once every two weeks, maybe a month. We'll see. But uh, physical confrontations did happen a lot more with the drunken Irish sailor uh, <laughs> than with the sober irish not sailor so podcaster podcaster that's right podcaster see there podcasting is it's uh it's therapeutic it's therapeutic talking to andrew for us and ho- hopefully for the listeners as well but that's right I'm talking to my friend andrew about all things from cat williams to flat earth to sean strickland to tom brady to Jesus this is a wide ranging show. Nephilim yeah. to all kinds <laughs> of things. Yeah. And uh, Nephilim, we didn't really talk about Nephilim directly, but you know, you look at the Rothschild that died, and you're not like, it's impossible that that guy's got any Nephilim in him. It's, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. But. You think he's dead? Oh, yeah. I think they're dying. Him and Kissinger both dead, gone. Yep. They uh think they downloaded their consciousness into a computer? No, nah, I think they probably just chopped their head off and uh it's on ice somewhere, but that's about it. <laughs> Still going the nineteen fifties Walt Disney route. Yeah. Just put my head on ice somewhere. I don't think they've made much see that's that's the genius move because you just say, oh, we'll figure it out. Eventually, just pay us all the money now. We'll figure it out. We'll get that head. We'll get that consciousness out of that brain. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Rothschild. Yeah. Although, you know, his consciousness is still, it's still out there. That's, yeah. uh, he's, it's finding out he picked the wrong side, though. Did you see the thing I threw in the telegram? Yes, that was good. <laughs> it's got Rothschild burning. He says, but I created Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is confusing. It is confusing at first when you realize that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's wrap it. Uh, unless you have any words of wisdom. No, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we will catch you again next week. Uh, Until then. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And 
Hey, two weeks in a row. Give us some credit. There it's it a is. streak. We're on a streak. We're on a streak. I I'm gonna, I got a plan for this next week. I am not going to pick up any alcohol. And I'm going to keep doing Go Podcasting. And I'm not going to get any fights. So that's my plan yeah, for the next no, two weeks. No fights. No fights. No booze, no fights. That's it. That's me. All right, guys. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say. We're